John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will clear his flesh threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. In junior high and high school, I worked for a man who had a turkey farm, and he was, you know, a great example to me. He helped to really build up a great work ethic within myself. And God bless him, he trusted junior high and high schoolers with a lot when I, because he was a trucker and so he was gone often. And, you know, one of the things that we were entrusted with to do a few times a week was to clean the waters that the turkeys drank from this with a special chemical to ensure they wouldn't get sick. And, you know, us being high schoolers at one point decided, well, that takes a long time and we really just want to get done as soon as possible. So we stopped doing it, thinking he would never know any better. Well, lo and behold, a few weeks later, the turkeys began to get sicker and sicker, and he was asking himself what happened. And he intuited and probably looked in the waters and noticed what was happening. And so he confronted us, but he didn't confront us with simply like, you did this. He asked, what's going on? Why are the turkeys getting sick? Or why do you think they're getting sick? And finally, we owned up to it. We had been lying to him. We had, hidden, we had hidden it from him. And after giving us a good deal of kind of a tongue lashing, not super serious, but telling us about our responsibility and even including the fact that we had lied, that we had to be true and honest men in order to follow Christ. He then simply reminded us of our duty, encouraged us and told us that he still trusted us and he wanted us to do better in the future. And from there, we, well, never did that again. This little lesson that I learned from that moment was the importance of repentance. Because without that moment of confrontation, without my ownership of what I had done wrong, I could have never reconciled that relationship. I never could have reestablished that trust with him. It was only whenever I said, yeah, I hid that, I lied, I did that. That in the end, he was able to say, okay, well, how are we going to mend our relationship? And I think that in today's gospel, we hear a word that we hate as moderns. Repent. Repent. It's a strong word. It's a word that can stir up certain feelings within us. Perhaps feelings of guilt, 
of shame, of hardness of heart, of anger, of bitterness. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, because without repentance, there can be no relationship if we have broken it. And if we are truly Christian, if we are Catholics, we recognize that the relationship with God has been broken by original sin and has been broken by our own personal sin, actual sin, in our own lives of faith. We have truly messed up. We have truly done something wrong. And only when we own up to that, only when we truly take ownership of the fact that we are sinners, that we personally have messed up, and not just Adam, and not just Eve, but us, is a possibility of establishing, re-establishing that relationship with Jesus Christ possible. Because whenever John says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he's referring directly to Jesus. Jesus is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven incarnate. He himself bears the fullness of heaven in himself. Because we call the Eucharist the bread of heaven, and we acknowledge that it is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And so the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is contained in that little white host, the same as it was contained in the person of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. And still today, whenever we embody the Spirit of Christ, when we take Paul's words to heart, repent of our sins, receive the mercy of God in the confessional, and allow ourselves to put on Christ, as St. Paul tells us, then also the kingdom of God dwells within human hearts within our hearts, but only then. And it is only whenever we acknowledge the wrong we've done that we can prepare the way of the Lord. And I think this is why it's so instructive for us that John the Baptist is the one that says it. Because immediately after we start with those lines, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it then goes on, you know, Pat goes on to say, it was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. It is John's role to remind us of what is necessary to prepare the way of the Lord in this Advent season. Repent. Acknowledge your sins. Acknowledge that we're not quite right. We all know this. Can anyone here honestly say that they look within themselves and say, I'm all good. There's nothing awry. There's nothing quite out of whack. And whenever we acknowledge this, it's also not meant to instill a spirit of terror, a spirit of shame, or some sort of belittling. But instead, it is to remind us of who we are. What parent out there, or what, which of us, remember as children, messing up, as I remember messing up with my boss? Remember not messing up, but then also acknowledging that in that moment, after we had messed up, we had been forgiven and restored to friendship, relationship, the mom and dad, uncle, sibling did not recognize in that moment at how loved they were. In the same way for us, whenever we acknowledge our sins, whenever we acknowledge we have done wrong, and we open ourselves to the Lord's mercy, we come to a deeper knowledge, a deeper understanding of how loved we truly are, of how precious we truly are, and how cherished we truly are. The Lord does not belittle us in our sin, but instead he wants us to acknowledge it, because like any good physician, like any good doctor, he needs to know what is wrong, and we need to acknowledge it. And without acknowledging it, he cannot operate. 
he cannot do his work and he cannot apply the appropriate remedy. It is only whenever we acknowledge our sins that then the appropriate remedy of our Lord's mercy of his precious blood can be poured into our wounds so that we might be healed. And really this is the entire point of the gospel, a healing of the marring of creation and especially the human heart, which has been most damaged by human sin. Healing. It is something that we often do not think about, but it is something that each of us needs to undergo. Because ultimately, sin is a breaking of one's heart, a sundering of what is good within ourselves. And it is only with the Lord's love, with his mercy and his grace, that we can reestablish that friendship and be healed of our sins, to be made whole once again. Because ultimately our sin tells us a lie. It tells us a lie that God does not want to satisfy our hearts, that God does not want to fulfill our desires, and tells us that we're worthless. And it's all a lie. It's all a lie. The evil one lies to us in that way, because then we lose trust in God lose trust that he truly does desire to heal us. We lose trust that he wants to satisfy our hearts. Because whenever we sin, we ultimately say, well, Lord, I need to steal happiness. I need to steal joy because you're not going to give it to me. That is ultimately what sin is a statement of. It's a lack of trust. Because oftentimes we can look at the commands of the gospel as arbitrary rules that the Lord simply wants us to follow so that way we can get into heaven. But they are not that. They are guidelines. They are pointers for us to the way to true happiness, to true healing, and to the avoidance of further woundedness within our hearts that leads us to ultimately the state of bitterness, of rebellion, and of mistrust of God and his providence. The Lord's providence is always at work even in the dark moments of our own lives, even whenever we don't think things are going the way they should, even whenever the Lord seems to be quiet. The Lord does indeed desire to fill your heart. He desires to satisfy the desires that each and every human heart has. And that, St. Augustine even said, that the whole of the Christian life can be summed up as a holy desire. It's the writing of what we desire in our lives, of what we want, of what we desire, of what we seem to seek out for our fulfillment, which is so often perverted, misconstrued, and mistaken. The desires of our hearts, if we desire God and God alone, repentance is simply a turning back to Him, a recognition that the desires of our hearts are off, and that they need to be corrected, and that it is only with his help that we can do so. So in this season of Advent, ask yourself, where does it hurt within my heart, within my soul? Where are those areas of bitterness, of woundedness, of struggle, that I failed to show to the divine physician, Jesus Christ, the bread of life? Open those parts of your heart to him. Allow him in. Allow him to see what is going on so that the appropriate remedy can be applied. Recognize that in the tabernacle, the fullness, the fulfillment of every desire, of every longing, is truly satisfied. Prepare the way of the Lord by going to confession, 
by repenting of your sins and acknowledging Jesus Christ as the Lord of life and the Savior of the world. And in doing so, we will come to a joy, a happiness, and a peace that only Jesus Christ can impart to each and every human heart.